For so very long, it's been... Go on, George. Tell how it's gonna be. But in the end, the commission only said... We figured it 17 different ways. And every time we figured it, it was no good. Because no matter how we figured it... But no matter how you figure it out, I still don't get as much as anybody else. Somebody don't like the way we figured it. So now, there's only one way to figure it. And that is every man for himself. When this is the end. It's the end of the world. It's the end of the world as we know it. Or is it now? As a new year hits, through it all, Beaver Nation moves ahead with resiliency and hope. Sun's up. Mm-hmm. Looks okay. The world survives into another day. And the way forward goes through, as it must, The Joe Beaver Show with John Warren and Mike Parker. The number of times I heard these guys' voices over and over and over. Still can't find it. Ah, can't find it? We can help. This here is 1240. 1240. It's always been 1240. My client says it's 1240. Yeah. Plus 93.7 FM and streaming live at KEJOAM.com and on the KEJO app. It's the Joe Beaver Show. So you have read them both, and that's good because, and he's written more than two columns. Right. I read the one about the guy walking up the hill. Wearing right, a, in, in, wearing beaver gear and getting and, accosted. Right, and then, but, but then other Cougar fans say, hey, hey, hey. Yeah, right. We right. don't talk that way to our brothers. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of solidarity. Did they play the beaver fight song at 18 minutes till? They did, and Jim and I both were... Yeah, John Wesley once wrote something. My, I felt my heart strangely warmed when he was attending some sort of conference in 1738. He said, I felt my heart strangely warmed. It's a famous phrase in, in Methodist theology history. Well, anyway, Wesley said, I felt my heart strangely warmed. I felt my heart and my, strangely moved by yeah. hearing, watching their band play the fight song, and then a few minutes later, here comes Butch the Coog and Benny Beaver riding in together and each holding the other's flag. And they get out of the uh, they get out of their Jeep or whatever it is they came in on, hoisting and holding up Benny holding the Cougar flag mm-hmm. and Butch holding the Beaver flag. And again, I mean, I, I didn't expect those sorts of ceremonial things to touch this jaded spirit oh, of yeah. mine. Well, but it yeah. did. <laughs> I thought, wow. This is really cool. I like both the fight song being played by the band. Yeah. Hail to OSU and Dr. Glenn Johnson encouraging people to sing along when the, the great PA announcer up there has been doing it for 44 years. And then the, the Cougar uh, Beaver, the Butch, uh, Butch the Cougar and Benny Beaver kind of, you know, a quick high five and a little dance together at midfield. Sweet. Good. Now. That's all we're going to talk about today. What did you think of those moments? <laughs> <Because laughs> actually, no. We're going to talk about it all. We have open phones. And by it all, we're referring to 3835, the final, which is to the Beavers' credit. John, do you agree with me on this? That in a game where I thought the Beavers, for the most part, were thoroughly outplayed. Yeah. They were. They still are kicking. An, an onside kick with right. a minute or so to go, which if you recover it, and they almost did, 
you might win that game. So there's something to be said for that through it all. There is, but I got to put a slight damper. Okay. On you know, we always talk about people we're watching games with and when questions sure. are asked. And my, my lovely wife, who is always trying to learn, says, why is it that at the end of halves, they can do so well? Why don't they just do that all the time? <laughs> and I said, yeah. well, that is a very astute it observation. Is. However, the defense goes into what's called a prevent defense, where they back up and allow certain things. And it's a debate. It's a debate back and forth that whether or not you should do that. I don't know why, but I had Dwight James on the brain when I heard that because I think the last thing that had happened, there was some game this year where prevent defense and the team was just, it wasn't necessarily a Beaver game. The prevent defense, which prevents, prevents victory. victory. <laughs> yeah, and uh, that was from this year that Dwight tweeted that, and I was thinking of Dwight when I yeah. was explaining that. Otherwise, you would. You would, you would do all the things that make you be able to move the ball or stop the mm -hmm. other team from moving the ball. Mm -hmm. um, I always say put... Just play like normal. Play like normal when you're trying to stop a team that's desperate. And they got 38-35 with a chance. I, I thought it was great. It kept us to the end. They had that chance. It looked like maybe the Beavers got on it. And uh, mm -hmm. you can never trust the players and where they're pointing because they'll always point their way. And maybe, maybe they see something, but there's a lot of activity on the bottom of the pile. And Cougar guy came out with it, game over. But... Uh, yeah, the damage was done leading up to all of that. It was. Uh, we have open phones, and Andy has appropriated one of our lines already from Mitchell. That he, I don't know, I think he called about 10 minutes ago. So Andy's fired up and ready to go. He'll join us here in a few minutes in open phones. We'll have open phones and texts, but we do have a couple of guests along the way today. In fact, we're going to have a visit in studio. It just sort of fell into place here in the last hour or so with a great Coog, Dr. Tim Reed. The Whom we haven't heard from him. It's a been a while. He's texted me here and there. He's a busy man uh, with his family, and he'll join us in studio. He's a Washington State letterman, four-year tennis letterman, 76 to 80, in Pullman on the Palouse. Dr. Tim Reed, outstanding local veterinarian with his son, Sawyer, who is such a his bedside manner in terms of the way he works with uh, the the beautiful creatures that we all are blessed to have in our lives. Sawyer, his son, I've met, and he does such a, a wonderful job in in the number of times that my own family and we've had need to call upon vets for different things, and sometimes for very difficult emotion laden yeah. Yeah. moments in the lives of our family with our animals. Well, the Reed family does such a great job and have for years in this community. Dr. Tim Reed, uh, well, you'll see it here in a moment, <laughs> has provided for me. We do a show called Talkin' Beavers. Yeah. And Alex Brink and Michael Bumpus, who were both guests last week on the show, do a show called Talkin' Cougars. We had a bet on the air that the team that loses... Yeah, the game must needs don some gear of the other team for the next, at least for one segment of the next show. 
So I, of course, in a very jocular manner, said, well, hey, look, I don't own any crimson and gray, so I'm not worried about getting any either. <laughs> you guys find your beaver gear because I, I, I'm not going to need to worry uh-huh. about finding cougar gear for that segment. Well, suddenly, sun, uh, late Saturday and maybe even after two plays in the game, I began to rethink that <laughs> That prop, that idea on my part. That didn't like. Isn't the start we were hoping for? Yeah, no. <laughs> Two plays in, down seven, nothing. But, but Dr. Tim Reed has provided his own Letterman's jacket. Wow. That he earned in his four years playing tennis at Washington State, and a Rose Bowl 1998 sweatshirt autographed by Ryan Leaf. So we were told by our producers at Root Sports of talking beeves, talking cougs. Whoever loses, we want you to go big. How how much bigger can you go than a Ryan Leaf autograph sweatshirt and a Letterman's jacket, which I will don during a segment of Talking Beavers this week. You you will look sharp. You don't know about look, that. You'll look good. You'll you'll be playing the role. But thankfully, it's only for one segment, one not segment. the whole show. Exactly one segment. But I'm grateful for the relationship through the years with Dr. Tim Reed, because I thought, where am I going to get Cougar gear on a Monday? <laughs> I don't know what to do about that. And when I, do you tape the show? Tonight, as okay, a matter so of fact. So you had it so until tonight. Dr. Tim Reed came through. Thank you, Doc. He's going to drop in studio because he didn't have his camera when we made the gear exchange. Uh-huh. And he wants He's to take a, a photograph of, of me and Cougar gear to send to his tennis coach, who's 94 years of age. And Tim made the trip to Pullman. And saw wow. his old coach who's doing great. And he wants to send him a photograph of the Letterman's jacket that he, Tim, earned playing 40, for this 40, coach. 43 years yes, ago. Yes, exactly. So that's happening on the show. We referenced, well, did you read both columns? We're referring to the outstanding columnist for the Oregonian and Oregon Live mm-hmm. and Bill Oram. Bill used a phrase, and it it gets back to semantics. It gets back to how does one phrase certain things. And that is just a single little letter, the letter A he used in a sentence, which changes the tone and complexion of that entire column. He, he was fairly tough on the beeves for yeah. you know, not, not having the kind of performance we were all sort of expecting, have grown accustomed to in the Trent Bray era. Trent has been such a remarkable D coordinator that you know he's going to be champion of the bit and fired up and <laughs> yeah. we'll have his guys ready to go Friday night. Utah coming to town, a physical slugfest of a game coming. Jim Wilson says that's a better matchup yep. in a sense than, yep. than what we just experienced in Pullman. Oh, they're, they're tough and physical too. Don't get me wrong. And it's just going to be a different kind mm-hmm. of game Friday night. And you look at the research factor you look at the Beavs and how much they're respected that the Beavs are installed as a favorite. Yeah, one and a half point yeah, favorite. Yeah, I mean, and that, and I like it. I, I think the Beavs are going to bounce back in a big way. I, I mean, that, what happened up there did reveal some things that Jonathan and his staff will be working diligently upon, no question. But Friday night, under the lights at Research Stadium, I'm just, I'm excited as can be to get back out there, sell this thing out. The students coming to town. Oh, yeah. There's still some tickets remaining, so snatch them up, get them, buy them. Be there. Reeser has been one of the great home field advantage places in the country the last several years. Let's keep it that way Friday night. And Beaver Nation, as difficult and as painful as watching a lot of that was in Pullman, two things. The Beavs are coming home. They're hosting the number 10 team in the country. Yep. It's going to be an event and a spectacle. We expect a huge crowd and a tremendous buzz within our own stadium. 
a great bounce-back performance by the team and a great chance to win that game and move on and give the Cougs all the credit. They played a great football game. They outplayed the Beavers in all phases, and yet the Beavs, even with far less than their A game, it was that their B game even, I don't know, fought, battled, down 35-14 with about four minutes to go in the third quarter down 35-14 and end up with a chance to win the game. Yeah, that's the part I loved, is that they never gave up, kept going, and took it all the way to the very last play of the game. I love that. I can't wait for Friday. I was really down Saturday night. Mm -hmm. Really down. And yesterday was kind of gloomy. It was hard to watch NFL Mm -hmm. because I was so college footballed out. After our tailgate show, and then I couldn't wait to get to a spot with food and drinks and and, and watch, watch that it. game and then watch what happened. Plus the other games, the Oregon game, the Utah-UCLA game, which I wasn't too far off on that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Notre Dame-Ohio State game. A feast of college it football. It was, yeah. but I was so down, so down after that. And I just thought, mm-hmm. it's it's football. It's college football. That's why we need a week to recover. Now I'm ready to go. Let's and it, go. And like yeah. you say, and I've always known that it's a different matchup. They're not going to be slinging it around like they were. And Cam Rising still isn't playing. Now, Nate Johnson can hurt you. you got to be careful of him. And they're going to be physical. But yes. like Jimmy said, it's absolutely more of a matchup that that's, leans yeah. towards uh, banging heads rather than chasing. All of that said, we want you to have your own say and thoughts and perspective. We'll have open phones off and on today. Bill Orem, the columnist, will join us at 12.05. He wrote a great column going in about why he was in Pullman. And not where he said everybody else in all of sports and all of college football descending upon Eugene because of the presence of prime and all that. The biggest story, people, Jesse Palmer, it's not only the biggest story in all of college football, it's the biggest story in all of sports. I mean, that's the way it's been built up. And I'm not saying that they're all wrong based on what you hear and everybody talking about prime and Dion and Colorado, mm-hmm. and they put themselves in that position. They deserved that kind of spotlight and attention. And however one may feel about the self-promotion, the self-aggrandizement, whatever else from Dion and the whole thing, what he's done a tremendous job, that game notwithstanding. So however you want to talk about that and feel about that, feel free to share your thoughts about the whole conference weekend, if you will, as we go today. But Bill Orem said, I'm going with true college football in a sense. This is the Pac-2. It's the last two. It's the, the battle of these land-grant institutions. And he wrote a column that, again, like Wesley, strangely warmed, strangely moved by Bill's piece going into the Beavers-Washington State game. So if you get a chance, OregonLive.com, try to read Bill's stuff. It's good. He's always good. But in these cases, both his post-game column, which was pretty tough on the Beavers, and rightly so, but the one going in talking about the two teams meeting at Martin Stadium and what it meant, what it meant for college football, one of the best pieces I've seen on all of this uh, during our time of wrestling with conference destruction, realignment, et cetera. It's really good stuff. Bill will share some of his thoughts with us at 12.05. Before we get to the phones here in a minute, uh, Andy and Merle are holding. Thank you, guys. We'll get to you here in just a second. The letter A, the word A, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he wrote <laughs> in his column about the comeback we've just been referring to. Bill said, He wrote, it's a small comfort that the Beavers battled to the end. I'm saying if you take the word A out, it changes everything. Because now it reads, it's small comfort 
that the beavers ah. battled to the end. Ah, yes. Totally different meaning. You take the letter A out. You say it's a small comfort, the beavers battle to the end. Then is it, 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 it is yeah. a small right. comfort. Take the word A out, and what do you got? It's small comfort. It's not comfort battle. at all. And exactly. So I just think about the Philly Oak Wake laws from a thousand years ago. It's a strange deal. Look at and it just three were and the uh, 1054 schism, all that. <laughs> yeah, as I'm sure all you were thinking when you read about Bill Orman, the use of the word A. But just occasionally, occasionally, just a single letter, a comma, where <laughs> oh, you place yeah. the comma. Oh, yeah. It's a small comfort. And I agree with him. It, for me, it was even more than a small comfort. It was a comfort yeah. that in a game where you weren't at, by any means, on either side of the ball at your best, against a team that did about everything right, you still had a chance to beat them in the final minute. Yeah. Now, that, to me, is impressive in itself and maybe even more than a small comfort. But Bill at least put in the letter A and didn't just say, it's small comfort. He understood that it was a comfort of sorts. Right, right. And I hope you feel that way, Beaver Nation, today, and that you're ready to be fired up Friday night. So, with that, let's get into open phones and your reaction to the game itself, to other college football games over the weekend. If you saw Utah, UCLA, how nervous are you about coming back? But I hope more than anything else, the Beaver Nation is ready to go to give the Beavers the kind of home field advantage the Cougs felt this past Saturday in Pullman. I think this is going to be the one-off of the Beaver defense. It's going to You're going to look back and say, what happened there? And at the end of this whole thing, and in Trent Bray's body of work, this game will stand. You want it to be mm-hmm. the true anomaly. What happened in Pullman that day? Right. Well, but they're a great team. I think they so are let's really see good. what they end up yes. doing the rest of the way. Okay, Andy is up first. Merle on deck. Dr. Reed on his way. Andy, good morning. Welcome to the Joe Beaver Show. Morning, Mike and John. Thanks again for having me. Um, I know this is a safe place, and I actually found it rather therapeutic to go through some uh, useful exercises with TJ on the post-game show. Mm-hmm. It felt just good enough, but I thought I would I would finish venting a little bit today. Okay. And you said, you said Mike, that uh, you were strangely warm. And I think my heart was strangely wounded again. And I say strangely because you think I'd expect it and have enough scar tissue at this point from all these Pullman trips. But it hurt again. And Mm -hmm. I think the reason this one hurt so much because, I mean, you know, we had 19, we had 21, we had 23. It's all been kind of similar, you know, down to the last possession. But I think what got me is I've, I've put everything into this season. I'm sure a lot of Beaver Nation has. It feels like. It feels like if there's any justice in the world, it has to be this year for the Beavs to go to the Pac-12 championship. And in that line of thinking, I just I know it's a tough schedule. The Cougars, like you said, hats off to them. They're a much better team than I thought they were going to be going mm-hmm. in. Cam Ward is legit. They outplayed us. Yes. But I just drop in the first conference game, dropping one in September. I think why it hurts so much for me is I know looking around at the, these other teams, that, that was our margin of error. The margin of error is now gone, and it's not even October. And I think that's what's bumming me out. I know they can bounce back. I'm with you guys. I'm excited about the Utah game. I'll be there in person. But I think that is just what has it lingering a little more than it probably should, being a Beaver fan and, and being through this a lot. is just knowing that, that that margin of error is gone. There's a lot of good teams still out on that schedule. And can we, can we win eight in a row? Can we win mm-hmm. eight? pretty tough games in a row there's there's not many cakewalks out there 
Right. So um, that was kind of my sentiment. Yeah, and and, and you, I think you framed it a week ago today, did you not? Good or great? I think that was your question to us last Monday. So what's it going to be? Yes. <laughs> Good or great? Yes. Well, the loss doesn't mean it can't be the latter. I think no matter what, however anything shakes out, it's going to be the former. But you're asking, okay, what's it going to take to be in that second category? And it might take getting on that kind of run, which we know is going to be incredibly challenging. And that I, I'm not going to disagree about margin of error with respect to the Pac-12 championship game and all of that. But you know what? I love Jonathan, his coaching staff, the tenor of the staff, his demeanor. I don't think it's going to be this looming, oh, my gosh, we've got to win eight in a row. No, they got to get ready to try to beat Utah Friday mm-hmm. and then week to week see where that leaves them. And I think great still has a chance. You know what I'm saying? Good or great, yeah. you framed it. I think there's it's going to be one or the other, and neither of those is bad. And I still think it has a chance to be what you suggested last Monday. Good or great has a chance to be great. Yeah, I, I agree, and I, I'm I'm with you there. It's going to be one week at a time, and hey, thank goodness, what a, what a great time to play a Friday game, so we don't have to wait yeah. quite as long for it to come around. So it's it's going to be an awesome atmosphere, and yeah, it's a, I mean, gosh, the season's going to be solid no matter what. Um, but just trying to maintain perspective because I know I know we're all out there. We've we've dared to dream at this point, and mm-hmm. it just feels like oh, we we want it so bad this year. Um, so we'll see how, how it stands out. And then, um, a couple other things, it's just, again, with the frustration was just, again, Smith has just built such a good culture, done it the right way. I'm in a six year lift and it's awesome. We're humming, we're competitive every game, but it just bugged me that Washington state is now on their third coach in that time. And they still, they just seem to bounce back. I just, I don't yeah. know what, what yeah. it's going to take to win in Pullman, but. We might be getting a shot every year. I don't know if we do the home-and-home home scheduling, so maybe we can remedy it uh, in, in the yeah. future. But, man, that, that just was frustrating to me, too. It's like they get different quarterbacks, different coaches in and out, and they just still find a way. They got our number up there. It's impressive. No, it, it, no question. It's impressive. Different coaches, different coordinators. Dickert's changed out both offense and defensive coordinators each of the last two years. The, the, they're a good program. They've done a really good job. Yeah. And the Beavs haven't won there since 2013, early in the late Mike Leach era. So, it, you know, these things are cyclical in nature, and the Cougs have been winning big of late. We'll see how it plays out down the road, but you have to give them credit. That was a tremendous game. And in saying that, Andy, before we turn you loose, Merle is on deck. We want to talk to him before we visit with Dr. Tim Reed, a proud Coug, who also has great affinity for the Beavs. Uh, I do think all of that said... The fact that you were uh, you were about to kick, if you recover an onside kick, you have a chance to win in that game and how that game felt, mm-hmm. that still says something about the tenacity and resiliency of this program that Jonathan has built. Would you concur with that? 100% concur, and I yeah. think slowly but surely the, the national pundits out there are starting to take notice because when I woke up and I saw the AP poll, that we were still at 19, I thought, good. They get it. They understand that, yes, we are right. a solid team. We've earned that respect. And I was actually surprised. I thought, you know, the way things have gone, they might drop us out. But seeing that 19 ranking, I thought, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. I think people kind of understand now who Jonathan Smith is, what this program's all about, because 
seeing the way that game played out and the way they fought to the end, they absolutely deserve to still be in, in the mix here. So looking forward to Friday. Um, hoping Reacher brings energy. I know they will. And I'm going to go figure out uh, what the great philosopher said over the weekend that we're playing for clicks. No, we're playing for wins, not clicks. I'm going to oh. go study up on that and yeah. see what that means. Yeah, that's, that's a good uh, good task. Good luck with that, Andy. Thanks for taking time to join us out of the gate today. Let's get to Merle on the Downward Dog phone line before we break and come back with a proud Coog, but somebody who empathizes with all of us deeply, too, Dr. Tim Reed. Merle, good morning. Welcome to the Joe Beaver Show. Hi, Mike. Thanks. Uh, I am going to confess a sin that was probably the reason for this loss. Earlier in the day, I actually enjoyed the up game. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's the first time I have ever enjoyed watching the Ucks actually win. And there was something going on there. I don't know how I allowed that sin to creep in, but then God punished me <laughs> later that night. I, I, I honestly believe that's what happened. Now, okay. um, I'm glad a, we've cleared up. I'm glad we've cleared up why what, what happened in Pullman. I've been puzzling over it, so I'm glad to know <laughs> the real reason. It's what, on Merle. Yeah, what else you got, Merle? <laughs> okay, what I got is that this loss was so much better than the SC loss last week or last year. The reason is because we were ahead and SC came back and beat us in the fourth. Mm-hmm. This, they were so close to Coogan. I, I just, that coach was nervous. And I don't know he, <laughs> which coach it is. Is it Rolo? Is it, which one is it? Right. doesn't matter. He was nervous. And that, that stadium was nervous just that mm-hmm. last three minutes. Mm-hmm. No and doubt. That, that was a be- that was a beautiful thing. That was a, a little, you know, a little bit. Now, my heart is familiarly cool. At halftime, it was at least. I we were out coached, Mike. I mean, yeah, we were outplayed. Whatever. No, we were out coached in that first half. I, I, I all three phases, and I just. So glad to see the second half and the bees didn't go away. Coach didn't go away, but that was, you know, that was a big, big problem in the first half. I think this coaching staff needs to realize we have to target 50 points for a game in this league. If you're not going to go out there and hunt for 50, you're going to get beat. That's what I think. Even, you know, I, I agree with Jim Wilson's comment. Utah doesn't have this, you know, offense, et cetera. But if we're not taking that risk, then we're not going to get that 8-0 finish, which is what I am shooting for because George and all those other idiots at the Pac-12 level or whatever they do in the Bay Area, you know, they screwed us on that. Now, McCartan missing that tackle was another, I don't know, payback for my sin. Does DJ... Can he pull off a touch pass that's mm-hmm. five to ten yards? Mm-hmm. I, I'm sorry, but I've seen multiples that I don't even. It might not be in his in his toolbox. Right. I don't know. Right. We um, have we have a lot now, of things. Yeah, go ahead, Merle. Go ahead. Did did the Kooks bit at number four before he took a punch? That's what I want to know. Well, the rumor that he was spit at. Well, that I don't know. I, I've not had a chance yet. You know, after the game, we, we nope. solemnly, glumly get on buses, go to the airport, fly home. I have not talked to a coach. Nobody talks to anybody. 
it's a pretty silent experience when you're coming back from a loss like that. So I have not had a chance to to uh, look into that, but we'll learn McCoy, later. We'll learn later McCoy, today. McCoy is a stud. I'm looking forward to him starting. That QB after Oladapo cleaned his clock, came back and made plays. I didn't think he'd be able to. Mm-hmm. And good old number zero Arnold again had a great game. Played all the way through 60 minutes. Thanks, Bob. Thanks for the call. Let's break. Yeah, I'll try to find out a little bit more about uh, you know what led Ryan Cooper Jr. It wasn't a closed fist, but it was a pretty aggressive slap towards the helmet of. Uh, Josh Kelly, I believe it was, for the for the Cougs. Kelly, by the way, what a magnificent game he had. That yeah. was a big-time performance with Cameron Ward, 19 of 20 in the first half. I give the Beaver, you know, you talk about getting out, coach, all that. Well, it could certainly be, I suppose, reduced to that. The Cougs executed what they wanted to do to near perfection in the first half. Even so, even with all of that, here we mm-hmm. are again. The Beavers... Need to hit more stuff in the passing game. Okay, Captain Obvious, thank you. Yes, yes, they do. But, John, when the Beavers were covered, they forced Ward into the fumble, and they're at the 40. Yeah. I thought, in all of my heart, the halftime score here is going to be 21-21. The Beavers are going to run this thing in, tie the game up, and that's your halftime score. After all that. Right. So, even as bad as the first half was, your takeaways and the nut things you had done, you were still 40 yards away from getting the game tied. Now, you didn't do it, and you gave up the touchdown on the back end. Yeah. That was, to me, the ball game. You were done pretty much at that point. You were fighting uphill too much to be down two touchdowns up there in that moment. But when the Beavers recovered the ball at the Coog 40, we'll ask Tim Reed about it in a minute. We can ask any Coog. Oh, my gosh. We've <laughs> outplayed him, and we're about to be tied. That's what everybody had to be thinking. And it didn't happen. But, again, it's... Yeah, the Beavs lost and outcoached out there. What? Yes, outplayed. All perhaps true, but the second half adjustments, the Beavers slowed Ward down a little bit. He wasn't as hot. They got some stops, and they got themselves back in a game from down 21. So that's going to serve them well when they face other spread teams yeah, who are throwing I mean, it around. The, the, I guess the biggest takeaway from all of this is that over the course of the game with the score and over the course of inside the game with certain plays, they bounced back from big mistakes. They did fight back all the way through. Let's break. Dr. Tim Reed, the Reed Veterinary Clinic and Hospital, will join us next. He's brought me Cougar gear. I've got to go get it out of the car to put on so we can take a photograph and send it to his 94-year-old tennis coach. The one and only time wearing Coug gear, perhaps, just as Merle said, the one and only time in his entire life he kind of reveled in a victory by the team down the road, and he feels like his own revelry in enjoying that moment for them down the road and beating Colorado cost the Beavers later in the overall karma world. Yeah, yeah if, mm. if you think that. Yeah. So, again, we've pinned down the reason for the defeat in Pullman. <laughs> we come back with uh, Dr. Tim Reed next on the Joe Beaver Show on Joe Radio. A drip, drip down the drain Or a leak you can't explain Fix right the first time Make the call anytime for 30 plus years with experience on our team. Exceptional service taken to the extreme. At Alvin's Plumbing, plumbing's all we do. Call 754-8282. Alvin. 
Built upon a solid foundation of cast iron and steel, the Kubota L2501 tractor is part of a tractor lineup rated number one in durability and owner experience. And it's on display now at Lynn Benton Tractor in Tangent. The L2501 tractor features a Kubota diesel engine and is easy to operate. See Lynn Benton Tractor today. Go to KubotaUSA.com for a full disclaimer. If you need a new roof, see Stutzman and Krupp Contractors, voted by readers of the Albany Democrat Herald as the best roofer in the Valley in 2021 and 2022. Hi, this is Doug Blair. When Stutzman and Krupp did my roof a few years ago, what I really liked is they had a large team of roofers, so they got in and got it done. And did it in just one day. It was great, and there's financing available too. Callers stop by their showroom on Rice Street in Albany. Stutzman and Krupp Contractors, they do it right. CCB 96278. As a locally owned company for 24 years, the Barbers is excited to support the Beavers and Youth Athletics throughout the area. Come in and get the works. A full-service experience including a precise haircut, a relaxing shampoo, scalp massage, and hot leather neck shave. When it comes to men's grooming, nothing beats a true barbershop experience. The Barbers are now doing same-day appointments, so stop by and get yourself ready for game day. Find a location near you at thebarbersonline.com. The Barbers, where guys go for great cuts. Touchdown, Beavers! If you're ready to tackle your financial game plan, it's time to huddle up with the best and meet the coaching staff at Tax and Wealth Management, David Mendenhall, Bill Heck, and Robert Berry. With over 45 years of experience, they know the entire playbook when it comes to tax planning, retirement, and business strategies. So don't fumble. Call or stop by Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis or visit taxandwealthmanagement.com. There's a lot of power plays going on this year in college football, but there's still a lot of power here in the Willamette Valley. The Power Honda off the Sandy MX at Albany, they have their new hybrid Accords and CRVs waiting for you to test drive, as well as their new pilots, HRV and Ridgeline trucks. And with over a thousand pre-owned vehicles at mypowerhonda.com, Power Honda in Albany can offer you the real power plays to help you drive. Right. I think we have the third person man, the we third do. man microphone. We don't have Anton Karras playing, but Dr. Tim Reed, class of 1976, West Albany High School, Washington State University, 1980, the proprietor with his family of the Reed Veterinary Hospital. On right, occasion. Some, right down the street from us. Here. On occasion, some people will go from here to Washington State. West Albany High School to Washington State. Tim has been, (laughs) he's called us off and on, John. You and I have been together over 20 years on this show, and we've heard from Dr. Reed often through the years, but not as much lately. During last week, and you didn't. Well, yeah, I had lots of irons irons in the fire. Good to see you, Dr. Reed. Tim Reed joining us. Many things to talk to you about. I have the Cougar, his Letterman's jacket and the Ryan Leaf 1998 Rose Bowl sweatshirt, which I will wear later for a segment on Root Sports on Talking Beavers, where we have to honor a bet, pay yeah, off a bet. Brink good. and Bumpus, we're going to wear Beaver gear. Had we won? Tim, uh, let's start with the game itself and your experience, and then I kind of want to get your background story a little bit, as John mentioned. Occasionally, someone will leave the fold and go to the Palouse, as you did. I want to come <laughs> back to that. 
But what was it like for you this weekend with your Coug friends, what the game meant to you and, and all of your friends at Washington State? Well, first of all, some people will leave the Palouse and come to Corvallis. You could talk to Daryl Ani about that. Well, that's ah, true, yes. too. Yes. <clears throat> but this game, it was uh, something that we'd look forward to because the Cougs and the Beavs have been just, uh, you know, pretty much uh, destroyed by everybody from ESPN on down. Yeah. And um, so it is truly the Cougs and the Beavs against everybody else. And that was the feeling up there. I was really looking forward to it because our schools have always been really copacetic. Everybody, I mean, we've had kind of a, a brotherhood, a sisterhood between the Cougs and the Beavs because we're very like uh, universities in like settings and land-grant schools. Mm -hmm. And it was just, uh, it was really something. We always have a good time up there when the Beavs come to visit, and, um, and we're treated really well when we come to Corvallis, really well. So when we were up there under these circumstances, it was just everybody walking into the game was fist bumping everybody else. If you had orange and black on or if you had crimson and gray on, everybody was on the same plane. They come out of the tunnel, the mascots, with their opposing flags. Butch had Benny's flag. Benny had Butch's flag. And, I mean, it was just it was just a great moment. That's, uh, that's a real highlight um, for all my days in Pullman. Until kickoff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it things... didn't take too long. <laughs> no, the Cougs things... to show they were ready to play, right? It, well, it took two plays. Right. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> it was impressive. We'll get to the game itself a little bit, too. But the, the letterman's jacket that you brought me, you said came from your four years as a tennis letterman at Washington State under a coach that's still with us, and you yes. saw him this weekend. Coach Rex Davis, and the, the court um, complex at Washington State is named after Coach Davis. Um, he started coaching in the late 50s, and he was a cougar himself, and he was just um, a great mentor. Uh, we had players from kind of all over. We had players on our team from South Africa, Canada, California, for better or worse. And, um, yeah, and so Coach has been a big part of uh, all of our lives. And uh, whenever we go to Pullman, we always stop out at his house that's out on the Palouse. He has it. Uh, there's, he has virtually no neighbors. It's just uh, he and his wife, Alice, and a tennis court. And now it's painted in to be a pickleball court. And he has this huge view just of the wheat fields uh, looking south. So I got to see Coach last year at the Duck game, which I've still tried to forget. Um, the coach at that time uh, couldn't come into the game. Uh, he'd just been diagnosed with, with lung cancer. And mm. we were like, oh, that's... Last year. Last yeah. year. Um, and so we, we didn't have great thoughts about how things were going to go. But as the months have progressed, and he's just stayed really uh, steady, um, I had an opportunity to go out to the house and see him again. Mm. Uh, he was actually going into the game. 94 years of age. Yes, and right now I believe he's 95. Okay. And wow. so, but he comes into the games, uh, makes it for about a half, and then he goes back home and takes a long nap. <laughs> wow, that is fantastic. That is great. Dr. Tim Reed joining us of the Reed Veterinary Hospital here in Albany, sharing some experiences from this past weekend. To earn that jacket, did you get to the playoffs? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know... Uh, no, you just had to stay strong for a couple of years. And, uh, we, we played, uh, every day, September to May, we had Sundays off 
And uh, the cool thing about our jackets, there's different Letterman's jackets for different sports up there. And uh, certain teams share certain jackets, and the tennis team happens to share the same jacket with the football team. Oh, wow. <clears throat> so you can ask Bumpus about that. Because I have the same jacket he does. And wow. no one ever knows because they don't put the oh, tennis they rackets. They don't put the tennis rackets on there or football. It's like, yeah. You could be football then? Yeah, that's what I like. To, well, maybe. Maybe it was football. Look at that. Now, that looks good. Now, on Mr. how have they changed over the years? I just now put it on. I, I'm surprised. I mean, you're you're in much better shape. You were the same age. You're in better shape. I've, I've had a decent summer with respect to that. But I wasn't sure it was going to fit. But you say it looks okay, huh? I wouldn't, I wouldn't keep it on too long. It's built for the Palouse, and it's going to get real warm in here in a few minutes. I'll take a picture and tweet it. Okay. Uh-oh. Yeah, this is Parker paying off a bet, not I'll, not being the ultimate I'll front runner. That. I'm I'll, a Cougar fan I'll, now. I'll, I'll write that. Okay. No, I do love I love the Cougs. And, and the experience up there, Tim, as you mentioned, I just I said on the air, I don't know if you heard it or not, but I opened the show today by saying those moments of the Washington State marching band playing the Beavers fight song with – Butch and Benny coming in together, hoisting each other's flags. I mean, I, it, I, I wouldn't say I quite was moved to tears, but I was heading in that direction just because all that it means and all the emotions that we've all invested all our lives yep. in this conference yep. and these two schools still together in this conference, the Pac-2 is, is a reality. It's true. Uh, it was it was more moving than I thought it was going to be. I don't know how you felt about it, but it was a very sweet moment. Uh, it was a great moment, and uh, for one thing, I'd never been to a conference championship before. <laughs> well, maybe we've got another one in Vegas. That was the Absolutely. call that I heard <laughs> Matt Chazanow, uh, who does an outstanding job as a young radio play-by-play guy, had the tough shoes to fill, impossible to fill, of the great Bob Robertson, but Matt does a good job with Alex Brink and Matt, as I was, we were saying goodbye to each other. It was sort of like, okay, go win the rest of them. You will win the rest of ours. And we'll see you back again in Vegas. That seems to be, did you hear that from your friends too? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. So how did it happen for you, Tim? I mean, to be a West Albany grad and end up in Pullman. Well, my dad was a big cougar and uh, I'd been up there a couple of times. I really liked the area. Um, Tennis was a, pretty big part of my life back then. And, um, Oregon state had just kind of dissolved, uh, their varsity program over there. So mm. they didn't have a men's team. Mm-hmm. Oregon had a, oh, I shouldn't say that. Well, that, you, that team down we, south we know who a, you mean. That yeah. team down south had a self-sustaining st- team and, um, uh, the, uh, the other Washington state and Seattle, they had a very strong team, but, um, so I, I went to Pullman, I went to WSU okay. to play tennis and, uh, and to be in the Palouse for four years. But were you always planning on being a, a veterinarian? Well, yeah, I was. Uh, that was, I grew up, my grandfather, my uncle, my dad were all vets at the same place uh, here. And uh, that was just when did they an assumption. Found, when was it founded? Our grandfather came out here in 1934. Okay. And then my uncle came in uh, in 49. My dad came in in 53. So I got are they known for uh, their vet school at, at Pullman? Are they known for their vet school? Or John, do they have a good, now, listen, I don't know. And if you're trying to get <laughs> away with the oh, you're getting a rise yeah. out of them. If you're trying to get away with that being a crimson shirt, <laughs> I got news <laughs> for you. You're paying off a bet. That that shirt better be a lot darker in about I an didn't hour. I even, didn't even think about it. Yeah, point. yeah, very nice. No, uh, Washington State has uh, one of the oldest vet schools on the West Coast. I think that uh, uh, between WSU and Colorado State and Davis, 
Oh, wow. Those are the, um, there aren't an awful lot of vet schools in the U.S. Would have not have known that about Davis. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Beaver I wasn't sure of that either, or Colorado State. But So did you do then, I mean, I'm not sure what the program entails. Four years of undergrad, yeah. does that encompass the no. veterinarian program, or is there something then thereafter in graduate Now, Mike, you're painting me into a corner here, yeah. because, <laughs> yes, four years of undergrad at Washington State. Got into veterinary school through Oregon State University. Good for you. Go Beach. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> and at the time, Oregon State's program was your first and fourth year in Corvallis, your second and third year up in God's country. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I they see. were working together. So, so I, that's how that worked then? Yes. I wasn't and then aware. that program changed several years ago where all four years are done in Corvallis. Okay. And it's a great, great program. Oh, huh. that's, that was, did you enjoy that aspect of it? Two there, two here? I could hardly wait to get back up to Pullman. It was great. Um, I love being back home, yeah. uh, 10 miles from uh, Oregon State because mm-hmm. I was living in Albany. Um, but yeah, it was. I really like that. People find it real challenging that aren't from up there. You know, they're used to just being uh, in Corvallis. A lot of the Oregon State kids had a little bit of uh, issues going up to Pullman for two years. Let me ask but, you. Yeah, okay, I appreciate that. You still look like you're in, you're in playing shape. Do you still play a lot of tennis, or have you kind of evolved into pickleball or what? You know, I've played a little bit of pickleball, but actually this weekend we had a sectional uh, tennis tournament up in the Tri-Cities, hmm. and we were thinking, oh, man, that's going to – I'm not going to be able to make it to the game. And uh, I played with um, some youngsters from Albany, uh, good tennis players. They're all 65 and over. Yeah, and, youngsters, uh, right? So we had yeah. – We'd won our district, then we, we had the sectional up in Kennewick and Richland, and uh, got got bounced out, didn't make it to the championship, but I did make it to the game, and yeah, all's well. So yes, I'm playing uh, once or twice a week. What do you think of pickleball, by the way? I love it. Okay. I love it. John, but have I, you ever played it? I have. It's great. I, 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 you know, with my hip and my, my I forget it. I mean, that, that ain't going to, well, it may happen someday, but not right not in my current condition, but you loved it. And I see people playing it everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. As long as you don't live right next to the courts and hear that. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I know. I've heard of too many stories of them pickleball people getting <laughs> in trouble for being too noisy. And then they take the pickleball thing out. Are you serious? Yeah. That happened in Lake Oswego. They yeah. build this beautiful facility. They use it and the people around them complain about the noise. Well, I, I think do, you do well with pickleball. With well, it's and all. It's really? fun. Let okay, no, I, I, I like I, tennis too, but but pickleball. Right, I, I look at the pickleball court now where we live um, in South Corvallis, Willamette Landing, and Riverbend Park, full all the time. People playing oh, yeah. it all the yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People are coming from yeah. uh, all different states. Uh, at the Albany Tennis Club, we have uh, tournaments throughout the summer, and you go by, and the license plates are from everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the, the whole noise thing, though, John, do you remember back in the day, sports radio, when I went on the crusade about the basketball court in Lake Oswego? Again, it's your people that complain about these things. <laughs> but the, there was a radio station. There was a, 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 a basketball court on the street that kids were playing and oh, shooting yeah. at oh, a community yeah, yeah, deal. Yeah. And yeah. The, uh, the general manager of the radio station, a, a competing radio station with us, mm-hmm. when I saw that, they were trying to get that basketball hoop 
taken out because of the bouncing of the balls <laughs> and the noise factor. I went on a crusade on sports radio. I'll leave the kids 15, alone. 1520 KFXX. You want them playing ball. You want them on that Absolutely. street. You want them shooting hoops. How dare you think about taking a basketball court out? And we won. Good for you, because you were you. right. We were absolutely right. <laughs> now, if there's anybody out there, well, I, I'm the one who got the pickleball courts removed. Feel free to call and share your contrary opinion, but just know we're not going to like it. No, we're not. Tim, before we let you go, what do you have? What are your Coog friends saying to you? What your own mind thinking about our future together, the Beavs, the Cougs? Do you have a gut level feel? What do you? How do you think this is all going to sort itself out? I think uh, just about everybody I've talked about sees the Cougs and the Beavs traveling together, mm-hmm. wherever they end up or whoever comes our way. Uh, that we're going to be the foundation of a program. Um, that yeah, we're going to travel together, and we're good with that. Um, yeah, I guess we just have to. Are you optimistic about a, an out, the outcome being enough to, you know, whether it's the Pac-12 money assets that we can share, divide two ways, keep us afloat while we rebuild? Uh, do we end up retaining Power 5 status somehow, some way in a rebuilt Western conference of some sort? I mean, I, there's so many scenarios out there that we've all read and heard about. Are you optimistic that it's going to end up being okay and not the end of the world as we know it, as we felt maybe on August 4th? Yeah, I think that uh, after hearing Washington State's athletic director talk a couple weeks ago about we're going to pursue this thing, um, and I think there are a lot of good people with, uh, with real brains on this right. project, yeah. both in Oregon and in Washington, mm-hmm. um, that aren't going to just lay down and let things happen. You know, so I, I'm really, I'm pretty darn optimistic. Um, number one, that we stay together. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> right. And, um, and whatever comes of that comes of that. And if we end up playing a whole bunch of mountain West football, that's the way it's going to be for a while. For a while. For yeah. A while. And, the, and the mountain West is, I mean, there's some good football teams and yeah. programs in it, but if you can kind of get, get the best ones and, and find, you find your, yeah. I think you have a chance to stay indeed viable. And what's gone on with Washington State football is phenomenal. The job Dickard and his staff are doing, Jonathan here and what he and his staff are doing, as Jake himself said after the Wisconsin, when we're a Power 5 school, we belong in the Power 5. I think most most people watching this season unfold agree with that. Tim, isn't that your sense, even from the national pundits and the networks who ironically are saying that at the same time have kind of, created the world that we're in when they're no longer at least going mm-hmm. forward there's a chance to not retain that status yeah i think that the the popularity of the sec acc big 10 mm-hmm. big 12 whatever uh is is pretty overwhelming and so i think it was real easy for groups like espn to just blow us off and say yeah the pac-12 we're going to dissolve you and you know we right. espn right. are going to dissolve yeah. you and um yeah, it was, let's throw in Fox while we're at it, too. Yeah. I, I even noticed Mark Helfrich couldn't help himself. There was a point. Here's Fox, which we believe is, <laughs> no. has been somewhat you know, collusive right, behind right, the scenes right. in this whole thing. I, I believe that anyway. Too. But Helfrich, even there was a moment I haven't, I haven't seen the whole game, but I thought he almost took a, a shot at that. Yeah, who would want to see a game like this? You know, or something like between on Fox – with the two schools, he it was almost a shot at his own network 
for not valuing this product enough. Who wants to see a game like that when you can watch a game in Eugene that's, uh, you know, about a 50-pointer? <laughs> right. Everybody's, the yeah. advertisers are going, oh, my gosh, this is terrible. I think more eyes are on, uh, on the closer I have, game. Yeah, I have no idea what the final numbers ended up being, but you know that they couldn't have been too happy on ABC when that thing got out of hand real quickly, <laughs> although Merle was happy. It's, yeah. We, uh, Dr. Reed, are, are really happy that you came in to join us here in the uh, in the booth. And the thing, the business established in 1934, tell us just a little bit. Are, are, think, are you, you're still practicing, so at 65, you and your family are still hard at work, it sounds like. Oh, yes. We have uh, eight veterinarians in total, our son Harrison, his wife Jacqueline, our son Sawyer. Uh, so we have four Reeds in there. And uh, um, so, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm good to go for... Years to come, I plan on practicing because I like what I'm doing. I love what I'm doing, and it's uh, fun going to work every day. Thank you so much, uh, Dr. Tim Reed, joining us. Uh, great work done by the Reed Veterinary Hospital. Uh, we have firsthand experience with both Tim and his son, Sawyer, and uh, speak well and, and are grateful for the work they do. And I'm really grateful that I didn't have to go find some some store to buy Washington State gear. I promised to get it back. Is, is there a rental fee that I've overlooked? <laughs> no, nah, not for you. You, okay. paid, not for you. <laughs> you paid it by being on Twitter. Tim, thank you so much for coming by. Great okay, to see thanks, you. John, and thanks, go Mike. Cougs the rest of the way, and we'll see you in Vegas, I hope. Let's take a final break uh, for this hour. Bill Orham from the Oregonian next hour on Joe Radio. Unified Insurance Group is your local independent insurance agency in Corvallis and they represent numerous insurance companies. If you're looking for auto, home, or business insurance, see Mike Eaves, Taylor Starr, Tom Wirth, or Chad Sherwood. They'll help you find an insurance plan that works best for you. Call or stop by at 320 Southwest 3rd Street in downtown Corvallis. Unified Insurance Group, your hometown team, always putting you first. Come taste the incredible flavors of India at Evergreen Indian Restaurant. Enjoy mouth-watering made-to-order Indian cuisine using traditional recipes and fresh spices featuring a variety of entrees and tandoori specials. Evergreen Indian Restaurant is open for dine-in and takeout 11.30 to 2.30 p.m. and from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. daily, except on Tuesdays. Evergreen Indian Restaurant on Southwest 3rd in downtown Corvallis and on West 7th in Eugene. See the menu and order online at evergreenindianrestaurant.com. All right, final minute of this hour, hour number two, coming up, Bill Oram from the Oregonian. I believe that's at 12.05 in just a couple of minutes. And we'll talk to uh, Oregonian's newest columnist and why he chose Pullman over Eugene, which he wrote an article on that uh, about. So that's uh, that's coming up here in just a little bit. Um, we also have a lot of texts to get to, which we'll rip through some of them. As uh, we go, Glennie writes in to say, did you hear what Corso said about our game? Yeah, he said, he said I missed it, but I heard about it. Said something about no, the no one wants to watch game. But I also heard that it sounded like he might have said that no one wants us game. So we can get into that conversation as well. All right, hour number two coming up. This is a Bloomberg Money Minute. Do you still have any leftover pandemic-era savings? 
Well, not many of us do. The Federal Reserve says only the wealthiest one-fifth of all U.S. households still has some of that extra cash accumulated during the pandemic when we weren't commuting or dining out or spending much money at all and government stimulus checks were coming in. The struggling drugstore chain Rite Aid in negotiations with creditors right now over the terms of a possible bankruptcy. It could mean that chain will close down as many as 500 stores. Now, shares of Rite Aid down about 23% right now, while elsewhere on Wall Street, stocks, which they ended last week, getting hammered because of fears about higher interest rates right now, they're mixed and little changed. The Dow is down a fraction, the NASDAQ up about a fifth of a percent, so is the S&P 500. And if you want the lowest-priced Apple iPhone 15, you better be prepared to wait. Demand is so strong, it's taking twice as long for deliveries. Tom Busby, Bloomberg Radio. Unified Insurance Group is your local independent insurance agency in Corvallis, and they represent numerous insurance companies. If you're looking for auto, home, or business insurance, see Mike Eaves, Taylor Starr, Tom Wirth, or Chad Sherwood. They'll help you find an insurance plan that works best for you. Call or stop by at 320 Southwest 3rd Street in downtown Corvallis. Unified Insurance Group, your hometown team, always putting you first. Weddings, anniversaries, holiday parties, corporate events, large or small, make them spectacular with Forks and Corks Catering. From delicious bites to signature cocktails, they'll ensure an experience that is a delight for you and your guests. With their fresh cuisine, artful presentation, and polished service, Forks and Corks always creates a spectacular symphony of sensory delight. View their menu and list of venues online. Forks and Corks Catering, events designed to delight. Catering to the Willamette Valley since 2011. Be a winner and have a wiener at Benchwarmers Bar and Grill. Enjoy a one-quarter pound all-beef gourmet hot dog. Choose from a coney dog, a sauerkraut dog, chili cheese and onion, a mustard dog, or Benchwarmers popular Chicago-style dog. Try several burger selections, and if it's breakfast you're looking for, Benchwarmers serves a $5 breakfast all day, every day. With 20 large-screen TVs, make Benchwarmers your beaver football tailgating headquarters this fall. Come by and warm the bench at Benchwarmers Bar and Grill, 1895 North 9th Street in Corvallis, where Oregon State fans go on game day. For auto glass solutions, better call the glass man. Call 541-760-2277. Call the glass man. Hi, this is Jake the glass man. Do you need to repair or replace your windshield? Do you have questions? Stop by or give me a call. For auto glass solutions, better call the glass man. Call 541-760-2277. Call the glass man. Hi, I'm Dennis Overs, a golf guru, with another golf minute to help you hit those trap shots. To play good golf, you need to have a good short game, and part of that is being able to play the half-wet shot from 50 to 60 yards out, a difficult shot to execute. The key is not to try to help the ball into the air. The club's descending angle of approach will give you all the loft you need. Here's how to play it. Set up to the ball that encourages you to trap the ball at impact by positioning the ball just behind the middle of your stance. Then angle the shaft of the club forward towards the target, which will get your hands just ahead of the ball. This will promote a downward trapping action at impact. Also, focus your eyes on the front of the golf ball with your weight favoring your lead leg, and you should make solid contact hitting the ball the right distance. So remember, make your setup mirror the impact on half-wed shots. For the Golf Minute, I'm Dennis Silvers. 
Some days I cover up because of my moderate to severe plaque psoriasis. Now I'm hitting the road with clearer skin thanks to Sky Rizzy, Rizumkism of Rizza, a prescription-only 150 milligram injection for adults who are candidates for systemic or phototherapy. With Sky Rizzy, three out of four people achieved 90% clearer skin at four months. And Sky Rizzy is just four doses a year after two starter doses. Don't use if allergic to SkyRizzy. Serious allergic reactions and an increased risk of infections or a lower ability to fight them may occur. Before treatment, your doctor should check for infection and tuberculosis. Tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms, such as fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, or if you plan to or recently received a vaccine. Thanks to SkyRizzy, there's nothing on my skin. And that means everything. Your doctor today about Sky Rizzy, the number one dermatologist prescribed biologic in psoriasis, and visit skyrizzy.com or call 1-866-SKY-RIZZY to learn more. For so very long, it's been... Go on, George. Tell how it's gonna be. But in the end, the commission only said... We figured it 17 different ways. And every time we figure, it was no good, because no matter how we figured it... But no matter how you figure it out, I still don't get as much as anybody else. Somebody don't like the way we figured it. So now, there's only one way to figure it, and that is every man for himself. When Black Friday comes, this is the end. It's the end of the world. It's the end of the world as we know it. Or is it now? As a new year hits, through it all, Beaver Nation moves ahead with resiliency and hope. Sun's up. Mm-hmm. Looks okay, the world survives into another day. And see clearly now, the rain is gone. And the way forward goes through, as it must, The Joe Beaver Show with John Warren and Mike Parker. The number of times I heard these guys' voices over and over and over. Still can't find it. Ah, can't find it? We can help. This here is 1240. 1240. It's always been 1240. My client says it's 1240. Yeah. Plus 93.7 FM and streaming live at KEJOAM.com and on the KEJO app. It's the Joe Beaver Show. Indeed it is, and we appreciate you finding us somehow, some way. Peter Falk saying in a Columbo episode, the number of times I've heard those guys' voices over and over, but I still can't find it. He was looking for a radio station for a Rams game <laughs> in a Columbo episode with Robert Culp. Back in the day, Robert Culp. Robert he, Culp. He was, uh, I can't. Uh, yeah, you, 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 you I spy other things. Oh anyway, yeah, 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 yeah. And then that one guy who says uh, he was from War Games and a bunch of other stuff back in the day. Oh, and he was also in No Country for an, for Old Men at the end when Tommy Lee Jones, commiserating about just yeah. the nature of the universe and the way the world is going, sitting in his his uh, disheveled uh, <laughs> trailer. Talking it over. That's I, that guy from I Better Call I just Calls remember Saul. one yeah. line, and I'll clean it up. He says, yeah. I'd go on a spark plug if I thought it'd work. <laughs> Trying to figure out how to stop Joshua, the computer. We head into our second hour, and it's an honor to welcome uh, our first guest via the Downward Dog phone line today. Our sincere thanks to Dr. Tim Reed of the Reed Veterinary Hospital dropping by to bring me a Cougarman, uh, Cougar Letterman's jacket that uh, he was kind enough to share so I can pay off a bet to Alex Brink and Michael Bumpus. And I'll do so on Talking Beeves this week on Root Sports. It was a pleasure on the way up to Pullman to read 
one of the finest columns that warmed the heart. That seems to be a theme today for yours truly anyway. I felt my heart strangely warmed, strangely moved by the solidarity solidarity that we witnessed in Pullman. And Bill Orham's column, everybody on the bus and on the plane saying, have you read Bill Orham's piece? Have you read it? It's great about why Bill Orham was going to Pullman and not to the to the spectacle down the road. And so Bill Orham is kind enough to join us today to talk about that, the game itself, and more. Bill, thank you for taking time for us. How are you doing this afternoon? I'm great, Mike, and I, I sure appreciate, you know, your kind words on that piece and, and for reading it and sharing it. Um, you know, it wasn't about it wasn't it I mean it was about me going to the game, but I mean the broader theme you know, was why I felt like, you know, more eyes needed to be on Oregon State, Washington State, than Colorado, Oregon, for I think all the reasons we're about to get into. Yeah, and you wrote, for those who haven't seen the piece, and we've been commending it to everyone we talk to, but you say you hear from, I'm going to quote from the column itself, you said, I hear from them, referring to fans of, of both schools, I hear from them every day. I know people in Washington who feel the same. In those places, right here, something is being taken away by realignment by TV execs. What's being sacrificed at the altar of media rights is a piece of those fans' identities. And Saturday's game in Pullman will double as a rally with prideful partisans declaring, uh-uh, you can't have it. God, I love the fight, you wrote. The heart of college football is the fans, the students, the alumni, the below-zero tailgaters, etc. Beautifully written, Bill, and from the heart, I don't think you were looking for clicks. You were just writing something that you felt that you were moved by. Tell us a little bit about just sort of how this has just been percolating in your mind and, and why you put uh, your fingers to the keyboard to write this piece. Well, I think, you know, you know, one thing in my job as a columnist is I, I go to the best game every weekend in, in Oregon, whether it's the Ducks, the Beavers, you know, I'm going to go to the best game because there are usually, usually you can't go to both. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there was a real, I thought, sort of existential conflict between, you know, what does it say if you go to Oregon, Colorado? What are you interested in if you go to Oregon, Colorado? What is what is that game about, right? And it is flash. It is about a lot of the off-field sort of banter. I mean, because that wasn't going to be a close game, Mike. I think you and I mm-hmm. both know that. Oregon is, is leaps and bounds better than the Buffs, and at least this year. And so, um, you know, Oregon State, Washington State, not only was a better game, but I thought what it represented was something of real profound value. You know, this opportunity for fans of those two schools to come together and, and kind of stand up for, you know, for lack of a better term, for the little guy. Um, and obviously the game delivered, um, you know, the Beavers didn't come out on the right side of it, but the game certainly delivered from a quality and entertainment standpoint. But, you know, to me, this um, realignment deal has been, has been a tragedy. And I, you know, I know maybe people who aren't as closely tied to, you know, the, the in-state rivalry that we have here or, the, you know, or to either school, you know, sees it just as sort of the natural course of progress and, and maybe it is for all I know but um, you, you know if you are from this state if you have lived a long time in this state you know the duck beaver thing is really fundamental to who we are and you know the fact that it's going away and not just the duck relationship but the Pac-12 you know the, the history of the Pac-12 the, um, the tradition of the Pac-12 is just kind of the bedrock of you know of the identity of the state, particularly for people who care to some degree about sports. You know, I wrote last year about the tragedy of USC leaving the Pac-12 um, because of what it has meant to Oregon State and Oregon over the years. And Oregon State, you can tell the history of Oregon State's greatest seasons, really, through um, 
the success and failures against USC, right? The greatest moments of program history, you could argue, have come in mm-hmm. wins against um, Southern Cal. So losing that tradition, I think, is just absolutely um, a loss beyond football, beyond sports for people in Oregon and then for Washington State fans and people in the state of Washington. It's the same. Bill, this is John with Mike. As a writer and, and, and guys always looking for where that angle is, were you surprised? I was surprised that the game didn't have more notoriety or respect if you're talking about you know game day and some of those other shows, given the fact that with all the stories that have gone on with the, the dissolution of the leagues and things like that, whether who, whose fault it is, that you've got the last two standing former Power 5 school yeah. playing each other, and they're both ranked. That alone should have garnered yeah. more respect and notoriety from writers, I think, around, around the region, if not around the country. Yeah, I think it's, John, I think it's a matter of kind of what they were up against. Um, you know, there was, you, you I mean, it's, it's wild to say, but you had three top 25 matchups in the conference. You had um, Ohio State, Notre Dame. You had Clemson, Florida State. I mean, this was, this was not a great weekend for Oregon State and Washington State to, you know, be the, be the center of the college football universe, even though, you know, I think we agree that it, it probably should have been. Yeah. You know, I, I was looking at the slate of games. I was really hopeful that college game day was going to go to Pullman. I thought that would have been the perfect opportunity for ESPN to sort of shine a light on the experience of those schools that are getting left behind because that's what's happening. You know, they, is it, this, that, that was the left behind bowl. And, um, you know, but I, if you are, you know, if you are an executive in Bristol, Connecticut, and you, can, you have the opportunity to have Ohio State and Notre Dame playing against each other for, what, the sixth or eighth time ever, and they're both in the top ten, or going out to Pullman for Oregon State, Washington State, I get how that decision gets made, but I, I too felt like, you know, this, that game deserved a higher level of exposure. Now let's not get too carried away though. I mean, it was on in prime time on, you know, a major network. It was on big Fox. Mm -hmm. That's a big deal. So Mm -hmm. I think even that does speak to the, um, the, the level of interest and the amount of respect those schools got. But I felt the same on Saturday where it felt like people were being pulled in so many different directions that, I didn't feel the same energy externally coming toward Pullman that maybe I felt on the inside and that had led me to, uh, to be at that game. Makes sense. Bill Oram joining us, Oregon Live Oregonian columnist, and we'll get to the unfortunate follow-up column of the game itself. Which <laughs> we'll get to that in a moment. It was a great piece, and I thought you captured the mood and the moment very well even in that. Believe me, the Beavers have a lot still to play for beginning Friday night against Utah. Sure. But before we sort of leave off this overarching big picture stuff, you also wrote this, quote, maybe it's the Tillamook County in me that I'm more drawn to the plights of Oregon State and Wazoo than the shimmer and shine of prime and the swoosh. When I heard Oregon State President J.F.E. Murphy speak up on behalf of rural Oregonians on Thursday and say, quote, to write off small communities is completely unacceptable, unquote, you wrote, I couldn't help but pump a fist in support of the institutions that killed the Pac-12 and left Washington State and Oregon State literally flapping in the Saturday morning wind, I heard the words of my guy Prime, quote, they made it personal. So, you know, you said this game is for all the boardrooms, courtrooms, and joint Zooms, you know, that's all that stuff going on. What we have instead when the schools connect Saturday will be about, and this is how you close the column, what we have instead of all of that 
will be the schools that connect on Saturday will be about the humanity of football fandom and identity. You can have the game of the week, and Eugene, if you want it, I'll be at the game of a lifetime. Beautifully written and stated again from the heart, the Tillamook County part of it. So, Bill, thank you for that. We'll get to the game itself here in a moment, but before we leave this off, what was the reaction to that column? I'm curious to know what you heard from Coug fans and Beavs fans when you made, and maybe even Oregon fans, when you made the choice to go to Pullman? Um, well, first of all, Mike, I mean, I really appreciate you taking the time to share that. And, you know, it, it, I'm, I'm still proud to have written that, by the way. Mm-hmm. You know, even though Oregon State lost the game, you know, and I don't have a vested interest in the result of the game, mm-hmm. but I do, you know, I did feel, I still feel like it was a game of a lifetime because we're never going to see a matchup in that context again certainly not between these two schools, certainly not locally, where, you know, it's their last time playing each other as representatives of this, you know, I mean, this really terrific historic conference. It was a once-in-a-lifetime experience to be on hand for that. Um, So, you know, the reaction was, I would say, overwhelming. You know, I I hear from readers after everything I write, but I thought the, the, the number of emails I got kind of outpaced what I would consider to be kind of the average uh, feedback and with the exception of maybe one or two emails from people, I guess I assume would, would be duck fans. Um, you know, it was, people really felt like that connected with their experience. You know, I got emails that would say, uh, spot on from Bob and enterprise spot on from down here in Southern Oregon, spot on from, you know, it, and so I, I do think that, you know, when we talk about, you know, we are not a state that is, defined by big cities. I know I'm in Portland and Portland's a big city. It's a big metropolitan area. And, but, you know, this is a state where, you know, a lot of, you know, a, a, a huge, the primary swaths of this state are small communities. I grew up in a, in a, in a community, in communities that were unincorporated in South Tillamook County. I went to a high school that had 200 kids and 42 kids in my graduating class. There were duck fans, there were beaver fans. You know, you can drive down Highway 101 through Cloverdale, Beaver, Hebo, where I grew up, and you can see duck duck flags and beaver flags. I mean, there's a split out there. But, you know, when you think about, you know, agricultural communities and, and where those people go find an education to come home and, and work, you know, in agricultural communities, a lot of times that's Oregon State. And so um, there is a real connection between those communities and the beavers. And I think that gets overlooked. And I understand why, you know, the Big Ten – sitting in their, you know, headquarters in Chicago don't don't think of that that piece of it or why it isn't that certainly doesn't offset the the financial piece of it. Um, but to those of us here, that's what's important. So um, it I would say as a small town person, a small town Oregonian, it really moved me to then to write that and then hear back mm-hmm. from other small town Oregonians who felt like in some way, my perspective captured their experience. Yeah. That was really meaningful to me. Did you grow up in Hebo? I, I did grow up I, I, closest to Hebo. I've Hebo been through there <laughs> many, many times. I go to Tillamook constantly now, and uh, I've gone through. Don't they have like a, there's like a beaver a store or something in there, Beaver Cafe? Uh, well, so in, in, in Beaver, Oregon, which is a few miles down the road. <laughs> oh, yeah, Beaver, uh, there, Oregon, that's right. There's two stores. Um, there is... Um, among others, there's uh, Beaver Grocery and Firearms <laughs> and uh, uh, an auto an auto service that you can you can look up. It yes. has a little bit of a clever name too. Yes, so I, I can completely identify. In fact, when I drive through there, I wonder whoever lives here and 
And you you did. So good for you. Good for you. And you made it to the big city. I, I know them all. Yeah. Um, real quick, before we get into kind of the nuts and bolts of the game itself, what do you think is going to happen? What's your opinion on what happens going forward for Oregon State and Washington State? Well, I think we're still kind of in the all cards are on the table uh, phase of it. And, you know, I think Oregon State and Washington State are going to have some success in their legal case against um, the Pac-12. I don't know you know, how those assets get distributed, but I think Oregon State and Washington State are going to have, are going to be in the driver's seat of that. And that's going to give them some, some power in this. So, you know, it may not happen. It's not going to happen as quickly or as, you know, immediately as these other um, realignment moments seem to have happened with a, you know, a single phone call in the morning, all of a sudden Oregon's in the Big Ten. I think this is going to take time. You know, the potential for Oregon State and Washington State to play as a pack two for a year or two seems real where you piece together a, a schedule that you know is certainly unrecognizable mm-hmm. from what we're used to here. But when the Mountain West grant of rights is up, do Oregon State and Washington State still find a way to bring some of those schools in? Is there a kind of reverse merger? I think something like that, where the, um, the history and the brand of the Pac-12 or the Pac-8, you know, Pac-10, Pac you know, the Pacific Coast Conference, whatever your preferred flavor is, is preserved. Um, certainly looking nothing like anything we've ever known, but there's a lot to be said for keeping that infrastructure in place and then bringing in other schools that make sense geographically, academically, and, and then, and moving forward. So I would say, you know, within the next few years, I think you see a rebuilt, restored Pac-12 with Oregon State and Washington State as the flagship. Bill, you speak as a, as a person who knows the territory and the territory of the conference. The only one you left out was for that brief time period, we were known as the AAWU before it was officially renamed the Pac-8, but you hit all the others. And I agree with you that holding the brand, keeping the brand, you know, is important. And that means you own the history and all of, you know, all kinds of things that are assets. So I hope it comes out that way. Now, as to the game itself and all of the the anticipation from our world, even if as, as you're right. Fox did put it on the mothership station. It was a big-time broadcast. I think the ratings would probably end up being pretty good. I don't know what that number is. And the final score and the way the game ended, it was compelling enough, I think, to hold an audience, certainly along the way. But sure. Nick Daschle began his game day story <laughs> recap. I thought it was perfect. One of the best question sentences to open a game story I've seen. Nick wrote, quote, was that a three-point loss or a 30? <laughs> it felt like a little of both, he wrote. Then you have a column, which we'll get to in a moment. But Nick kind of did capture it, but in the end it was a yeah. three-point loss, right? Well, and you got to, and, and listen, you have, you have to acknowledge that the Beavers found a way to stay in the game. They clawed back. They put together really quality drives down the stretch. I mean, DJ, um, they scored on fourth down with that last touchdown, didn't they? Wasn't that fourth down? Yes. I mean, there, there was a lot of grit, though, to, to get in that position. But you also have to recognize, you know, uh, Washington State was not being as aggressive defensively in those situations. Mm-hmm. Um, offensively, they ran the ball in their previous possession a lot more to wind down the clock. So there was there were certain things that were happening that sort of allowed the Beavers to get back in the game. But, I mean, they were, you know, an inch, you know, away from recovering that onside kick and, and going down. And, you know, the way that the Beavers were playing at that point, you probably expected they would have gotten themselves in field goal range and at mm-hmm. least tied the game. Mm-hmm. So it was close. It was close. But it just felt like the entire night, Mike, yeah. that the Beavers were chasing. They got mm-hmm. down 14-0 to zero before, any, but before the stadium was even full. 
And at that point, you know, and the way the Beavers play, they typically are not built to come back from those multi-score deficits. Now, they were able to run the ball and come back against Oregon last year, and that was, you know, mm-hmm. unbelievable. But, you know, as you're watching as you're watching them try to grind out drives with Damian Martinez and Deshaun Fenwick and then give the ball back to Cam Ward, who's scoring in, you know, you know, with, with, with you know, long strikes, it felt like they didn't quite have the firepower to come back. Um, and it felt that way for really three and a half quarters. Right. Until, lo and behold, they were there. Um, you know, I, I did have concerns. I, I thought the secondary was um, a little bit exposed. Some of the concerns that I think we all had coming into the season about the cornerbacks, you're replacing mm-hmm. such experience and veteran leadership at the cornerback. Uh, you know, that's where they got exploited defensively. But also I didn't think that the front got after Cam Ward the same way that they did a mm-hmm. year ago. I mean, that was the story of the game last year in Corvallis right. was how much um, that Oregon State uh, front seven contained and got after Cam Ward and took him out of his rhythm. He had time. He had all the time in the world um, to scramble and move and extend plays with his feet and then get the ball downfield. So um, I thought the Beavers were outplayed pretty significantly, but you can't take away from the fact that they were, you know, in great position to force overtime or win the game. Yeah, and that was amazing. And you wrote a sentence which I feel like captures a lot on a lot of levels. One of the sentences you wrote in your post-game column, the word A makes all the difference. You wrote, it's a, it's a small comfort that the Beavers didn't buckle. Now, if you take the word A out, you would have been saying, yeah. it's a small comfort, you know, it's small comfort, or it's small comfort that the Beavers didn't buckle, meaning don't, don't read anything into it. You put the word yeah. A in. It is a small comfort. And I'm glad you did, Bill, sure. because it was a, a bit of a comfort to Beaver Nation, I think. It made, you, it made you feel a little bit better about it, for sure. Because otherwise, if you were judging that game through three quarters, and uh, off the top of my head, were they down 21 points going into the fourth quarter? Is that where they were? Yes. Or they, yeah. yeah, they were down. down. I mean, yes. you, you, you thought it was basically time to pack up the bus and head back to Corvallis at that point. And so the fact that they closed as strong as they did um, does, does make you feel better about, about the Beavers going into – Friday against Utah. I mean, obviously, going to be a huge, an electric, um, you know, Friday night crowd, Research Stadium for the revamped Research Stadium against the top ten opponent. I mean, that's going to be um, that's going to be a great environment. We've seen the Beavers have a lot of success in that kind of situation. And the last time that Utah was in town, they won that game. So mm-hmm. I actually feel okay about the Beavers going into this game on Friday. Are you coming down to it? I wouldn't miss it. Okay. Where else would I be? Have you been in the I, news? I'm, I'm probably not going to write a column uh, justifi- justifying the decision. No, no, you certainly don't need to. But I mean, and thank you for what you did do, Bill. But have you have you been in a game yet? Uh, have, I, I'm sorry if I missed you, but have you been to the I new research? Okay. So, I, I, I've been in. You know, I've, I've seen I've seen the finished product, but I haven't been there for a game yet, just because of the way the schedule has worked out. I haven't made it. So, you know, my first look at it. With you know, with fans in, in the mm-hmm. seats, and obviously with the new lighting system and all that, in the new press box is going to be for this game against the youth, which I mean feels like you know for me personally, uh, you know, a heck of an introduction. And so for anybody else who hasn't been there yet either, I, I can't really quite even, you know, I, I this I, not I'm not trying to be um, hyperbolic, but like I really can't imagine what it's going to be like because I haven't experienced right. the new the new uh, the new stadium. With, with it at all, but let alone with this kind of game. Well, no objections at all to you with hyping up a, an event that we think is going to be a big one. Looking forward to 
the game officially selling out. I still think there's some tickets remaining, but I concur with you, Bill. I think the atmosphere Friday is going to be off the charts good. Huge. And that's going to help the Beavs. And it's a better matchup. As good as Utah is, and they're physically imposing and mean and good and great defense, I still think this matchup under the lights at home on a Friday night is going to play better than what we just experienced. So I look forward to to a great time on Friday and seeing you in our new stadium, Bill. It was a pleasure to see you in Pullman. Thank you for your good work and for taking time to share with us uh, about it here today. We appreciate it, Bill. Well, I really appreciate you guys and Mike. Thank you for having me on and, and for uh, letting me come on the broadcast on Saturday as well. That was that was a privilege, and it's always a great time talking to you. Thanks a lot, Thanks, Bill. Bill. Nice man and a good writer. Yeah, Bill Orem. Oregon Live, Oregonian columnist, small town kid out of Hebo, <laughs> Hebo and Beaver. Those, those old stomping I drive grounds. through those to get to Tillamook because it's the back yeah. way and it's tiny. Open phones the rest of the way. We'll get to texts and phone calls. Your thoughts about Saturday, about this Friday, and more coming up on Joe Radio. We set them up, you knock them down. Hi, everybody. This is Mike Parker. We recently had the need to replace some major appliances, and I'm delighted to report that we called Brandon and his team at Kellenberger Appliance in Lebanon. We couldn't be happier with our experience. They answered all of our questions, put us in the best deal, and promptly delivered and installed a new washer and dryer. When you are in need of an appliance, I strongly encourage you to call Kellenberger Appliance. Visit Kellenbergers.com or stop by Kellenberger Appliance at 21 North Main Street in Lebanon. A big thank you from the Parkers to Kellenberger Appliance. Need a passport or visa picture for any foreign country, including Canada? Wise Photo Printing can help. Need to transfer an old video or film to a digital format? Wise Photo Printing can help. Looking to restore or manipulate an image, or do you need a high-resolution scan of a print negative or a slide? Wise Wise Photo Printing can help. They have a self-service kiosk, too. Wise Photo Printing, 6th and Adams next to Ball Studios in downtown Corvallis, helping you get it done. Open Tuesday through Friday from 10 until 6. Summer's coming to an end. School's back in session. And you're thinking, should I? Should I buy a new auto at Power Honda off the Sandy M exit in Albany? Well, with their new Honda Accord and CRV hybrids, HRVs, Ridgeline trucks, pilots, and with over a thousand pre-owned vehicles at mypowerhonda.com to choose from, Power Honda in Albany thinks the answer is absolutely, positively, a resounding yes. Come taste the incredible flavors of India at Evergreen Indian Restaurant. Enjoy mouth-watering made-to-order Indian cuisine using traditional recipes and fresh spices, featuring a variety of entrees and tandoori specials. Evergreen Indian Restaurant is open for dine-in and takeout 11.30 to 2.30 p.m. and from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. daily, except on Tuesdays. Evergreen Indian Restaurant on Southwest 3rd in downtown Corvallis and on West 7th in Eugene. See the menu and order online at evergreenindianrestaurant.com. Kubota LX Series tractors are the number one 
one rated tractor brand for durability and owner experience in the United States and are the answer to having quality, comfort, and versatility. Kubota LX Series tractors are four-wheel drive and come with easy-to-operate three-range hydrostatic transmission. See Lynn Benton Tractor and Tangent or go to KubotaUSA.com for more information. If you need a new roof, see Stutzman and Krupp Contractors, voted by readers of the Albany Democrat Herald as the best roofer in the Valley in 2021 and 2022. Hi, this is Doug Blair. When Stutzman and Krupp did my roof a few years ago, what I really liked is they had a large team of roofers, so they got in and got it done. And did it in just one day. It was great, and there's financing available too. Callers stop by their showroom on Rice Street in Albany. Stutzman and Krupp Contractors, they do it right. CCB 96278. Okay, we're going to go to Paul and Dave, good old friends to the show, and get their perspective. I think Paul called you on Saturday. T.J. Matthewson, you, has come in for a quick hit. T.J., I want to ask you two quick things before we get to calls and texts down the stretch on this Monday. Jonathan Smith's press availability, by the way, is at 1.30. We're not carrying it, at least today. We'll run most of it back tomorrow, but... I will be heading there to participate in it as soon as this show is over. TJ, the general tenor on the postgame show, what was it like? Beavers give up 38 points on Saturday. Bad defensive effort, I thought. A lot of people, the general acknowledgement of the defense was, you know, it's one off, it's Trent Bray's worst performance as a defensive coordinator, and I think we all came to the same conclusion very quick. But what was what kind of makes me chuckle, and this is how all football discourse goes, is... You know, despite the fact, again, it was the defense who probably who struggled the most on Saturday. We spent most of the Colin show talking about the quarterbacks. It's what, it's what college football and all yeah. of football is yeah. about. It comes they, back they, to that position. The backup quarterback. Yeah. So I well, don't want to belabor that. We'll hear from mm-hmm. Jonathan a little bit later. I'm sure he'll be asked a little bit about it. But yeah. were callers saying, hey, what about zero? There, there were there were questions on the text line about Aiden Childs. The callers mostly not. That wasn't okay. really Childs related. But it did bring up some interesting points. And and you mentioned Jim Wilson talked about this too. Is one thing about DJ's performance? He underperformed, and they need him to pass better. If he if he continues to perform like that, I came to this conclusion. Callers came to this conclusion. The Beavers are going to struggle winning the game passing the football, which they needed to on on mm-hmm. Saturday and did not do. But the question came up. Is he being used correctly? We have a four-game sample. Is what they're doing with DJ Uyunglele the correct way? Are they playing to his strengths enough to make this offense as efficient as possible? And I thought that was a really good point. Merrill Jr., who usually calls in on the on the on the call-in shows, like, well, just thinking about the types of throws he's best at, because whatever t- the types of throws they were doing on Saturday weren't weren't working. He was overthrowing a lot, and it was it was it was frustrating for a lot of these people to watch. One last thing, Andy, when he called in earlier, didn't I don't think he mentioned this when he talked to you guys, but he did when he talked to me. He's like, man, I'm 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 sick of being friends with Washington State. Well, I'm done. I'm done with this. Well, <laughs> I, I understand, but still, the whole sentiment. If somebody said right now, hey, you'll get a rematch with those guys in Bay. Oh yeah, yeah, go yeah. Cougs, go Beavs. I mm-hmm. mean, I, I I understand. Last thing, totally off football. You're Mariners. You're not optimistic. No, I'm not making it in. No, I'm not. No, they get one more loss. That's it. And their margin of error that yeah. Andy talked about, the Beavers' margin of error to win the conference is gone. They pretty much have to run the yeah. table. It, and you're saying, you're saying the Mariners 
to make the playoffs only can afford one more loss in the final seven. Yeah, seven games left. They can lose. They can lose one more time. You, 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 if they if they sweep Houston and 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 only win one one against Texas, they'll probably be fine. But that's just unlikely. It's asking a lot, isn't it? It's asking a lot. They have dampened my confidence quite a bit over the weekend. Sorry to hear it, TJ. Yeah, but thank you for is. the good work you're doing. Keep it up. Thanks for jumping in here today Absolutely, on the guys. Joe Beaver Show. John and I will take uh, calls and text the rest of the way, and then I will rush over to, uh, and think we both will rush over to Valley Football Center to the Jack and Jenny Wilborn Media I'm Room. I'm going north. You've got TJ tomorrow. Oh, yeah, that's right. You've got an, an important north. appointment yeah. taking her north. Going to Seattle. Let's go to, that's a big, that's the big city. And once the Sahiti gets into a Bohoy's uh, Sahistum, he uh, loses his uh, hankering. That's right. For the country. That's right. So don't lose your uh, hankering for the country. Let's go to uh, Paul on the Downward Dog phone line with Dave on deck. Paul, good afternoon. Hey, good afternoon, guys. Hey, uh, you know it was it was it was a, a, a tough go on on sa- Saturday, but man, you got to give Ward credit. I mean, he looked like one of the most polished quarterbacks in the whole country on yes, Saturday. No question. And, and uh, you know. Trent Ray's defense was a little bit suspect, but some of those passes, those one-handed catches, our defenders were right on the guy. You cannot defend against that. So i got to give Trent Ray a break. you got to give Washington State credit. The quarterback would make some fantastic throws. That's what Jim Wilson said, too, Paul, in the broadcast when talking about Ward. Now, there were open receivers, and maybe a little too open. The the 63-yarder early is a breakdown, clearly. And there were other plays and conversions that you think, you know, were you in the proper position or whatever to make the play? But to your point, Jim kept saying, Mike, the receivers, Josh Kelly in particular, are making fantastic catches with guys, And to your point, Paul, in the proper position and just beaten on a better play by by the receiver and quarterback. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And, uh, well, let's, I want to get off that. I want to get to like when I you guys. Somebody asked me uh, what I thought about the Washington State game, and I said, "I don't know. I'm not going to make a prediction because I don't know how good Washington State is. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how good we are." Right. But now I'm going to go to Utah. Yep. This is a totally different story. Okay. Number one, we're better than Utah right now. Utah had one offensive touchdown against UCLA. And I believe our defense is better than UCLA's. So, I, you know, and if they don't have Cam Rising, uh, I think we can take it to them. I think we can beat them pretty good. Well, it, the, the one thing they do have is a salty de- – I mean, their offense has – you know, they're, they're trying to find their way without Rising. But on defense, they sacked more seven times. They had a pick six to open the game. They forced two fumbles. They're very good on defense. So I, it's, a slug, right, it, it's a slugfest coming Friday night at Reeser. No question. Well, that was against a true freshman quarterback, though, too, and we do not have a freshman quarterback, and we got a great offensive line. Paul, good to hear from you. Thanks for the call. Let's go north as John will be passing through the Tumwater area later today en route to Seattle. Let's talk to Dave next on the Joe Beaver Show. Hello, Dave. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Mike, let me begin with throwing a couple of bouquets out there. First to you, that your call, your moment on Saturday when there was a contested flag 
the official who came in from Colfax, <laughs> or it was a laugh out loud moment for both Chris and I. We're sitting here, we got the game on TV, but we're listening to you and Jim, and you're in a high state of dudgeon, and the ref comes in from Colfax. It was a kind of local <laughs> color. Uh, it's just exactly what you were talking to Mr. Orm about. We just loved it. So Thank you. That. Thank you. Secondly, bouquets to Andy and Merle. Those guys are great callers. Yes. I like to think I know whereof I speak because I have certain uh, pretensions along these lines. Both great calls. So briefly into X's and O's, and I'd like to back out of X's and O's to the 30,000-foot level at the end. Um, there's been a theory, and it's been kind of the dominant subtext of even your own comments, John's, uh, the calls, et cetera, that it's the defense that cost us the game in Pullman on Saturday. Now, I will admit, and there's no contesting the fact, the defense did not get off to a good start. But, John and Mike, by the middle of the second quarter, Coach Bray had kind of reined the horses in a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> It, it, it's, it's the offense's failure to capitalize at the end of the second quarter yep. and not showing up at all in the third quarter. That's where the game was lost, gentlemen. I won't. Hey, let, I'll pause in your, because no. I know you have more. No, John, he's right, and I'm telling you why he's right. It was 21-14, and you recover the ball at the 40 going in, as we talked about earlier. Yeah. That game should have been tied at halftime at 21. Then... Your next two possessions in the third quarter, you got nothing done. So three straight possessions, you got nothing done when the game was hanging in the balance. Dave, is that what you're getting at? That's that's it, Mike. The defense got two turnovers. They stopped them a third time, and the special teams let them down with the fake punt. Gentlemen, Coach Bray adapted. His guy got the job done from late in the second quarter to the end of the game. But they that's they my, got my, no my, stops on third down. That's my most fervent comment. Okay. Yeah. What about third down? They didn't get any stops on third Later down. Later in the game. Especially when bit. you needed them. Yeah, I know. I mean, it was a team. When coaches say it was a team effort on either winning or losing, we do acknowledge that. It was not Trent's or his defense's finest hour. But, Dave, if you were listening to Jim and yours truly, I was saying, what can Trent kind of figure out and do? He did in 15 minutes or midway through the second quarter into the second half. They still gave up some big hits and big plays, but Washington State's going to do that to everybody. Watch. They will. So I thought the defensive effort was very creditable in the second half in particular. So let's turn to the other side of the ball. because I think Merle and maybe even TJ kind of anticipated my comments uh, along this line as well. It's frustrating, gentlemen, because this is a recurring theme of mine. Um, it seems like for 10 years, more times than not, we are outplayed at the quarterback position, and sometimes by a sizable margin. I don't care about the yardage and garbage time and, and somebody holding clipboards on, on a su- Sunday in the NFL. I'm talking about quarterbacks that can win the game when it's crunch time, with a, with, a, with a touchdown at the end of the second quarter, when it's necessary. And, and, and that's not so much my criticism of DJ, but I, it, it's the same thing with Chance Nolan. I mean, these guys are taught to stand in the pocket and try to, to, try to find somebody. DJ gets the, gets the runs. He's very adept at it, but he never touched the ball and runs. When the, when the throw isn't there, he'll try to force it. He doesn't have that short game touch. 
I still say we are not we're not optimizing the use of our quarterbacks to the extent we need to, and it's just frustrating for year after year, often or not game after game, their superior quarterback play on the other side, and that's ironic in a fashion. This would be my gentlest criticism because our head coach used to be a quarterback uh, with the program, but uh, but I want to back out and end on, at a mm-hmm. thirty thousand foot level because. Um, and there'll be an implied criticism in, in, in this regard. I just love the spunk of Washington State, and especially their coach. I can't imagine any official with the Oregon State athletic program in a winning locker room saying what Coach Dickert said, calling out Lee Corso, uh, calling out Kirk, Kirk Herbstreit. There's a reason, Mike, why ESPN and Fox's Big Saturday uh, shows aren't in Pullman. They know they got blood on their hands. Mm-hmm. They're not going to go to the scene of the crime. They're mm-hmm. smarter than that. Mm-hmm. That's why they're not there. And when game day, when when uh, that famous uh, little tableau, uh, uh, the guy from Michigan, uh, Desmond Howard, they get to the Oregon State uh, the, uh, Washington game. He kind of smirks. Corso smirks. Kirk Herbstreit completely understood. Uh, Ryan Leaf's defensive coach, Dickert. I said, more power to him because that's Pullman and Corvallis is the scene of the crime. Those corporations are not going there. And that's just the last, that's just my final point. So I want people to back off on Coach Bray and the defense. Yeah, they didn't get off to a good start, but darn it, they did their job halfway through the second quarter. They gave the offense a chance to win that game, gentlemen, and the offense did not take advantage. That's all I've got to say. Dave, good talking to you. Thank you for the call. We will take a break. A final one on the Joe Beaver Show with a lot of text, Johnny. Is that correct? On the University Honda text line. So let's get to those next. Jonathan Smith later today at 1.30. It'll be fully recorded and we'll play a lot of it back. Maybe all of it tomorrow, depending on how things go. We appreciate you joining us on the Joe Beaver Show on Joe Radio. Woodstock's Pizza on Kings Boulevard in Corvallis is all kinds of pizza for all kinds of people. See, it all starts with over 35 fresh toppings to choose from, multiple dough options, multiple crust options, and multiple cheese options, including vegan and dairy-free choices. See, we make all kinds of pizza for all kinds of people every day. Woodstock's Pizza, all kinds of pizza for all kinds of people on Kings Boulevard in Corvallis. The Hardwood Center has decades of experience in providing specialty hardwood products and services to local woodworkers, contractors, and homeowners. Featuring many species of hardwood lumber, plywood, and locally milled slabs, a wide selection of hardwood flooring, and more. The Hardwood Center's expert staff will help you select the best products for your project. Stop by or call the Hardwood Center on Highway 34 between Albany and Corvallis. The Mid-Valley's one-stop shop for fine hardwood products. Online at thehardwoodcenter.com. Go Beavs! Stargazer Premier Florist in Corvallis knows that a meaningful gift can brighten someone's day and have them feel appreciated, whatever the occasion is. Choose from Stargazer Premier Florist's wide selection of fresh floral arrangements, bountiful bouquets, gift baskets, and houseplants, always delivered fresh with a focus on keeping families and friends connected. Stop in, call, or view Stargazer's Premier Selection online at StargazerPremierFlorist.com. Stargazer Premier Florist, 925 Northwest Circle Boulevard in Corvallis. Hi, everybody. This is Mike Parker. We recently had the need to replace some major appliances, and I'm delighted to report that we called Brandon and his team at Kellenberger Appliance in Lebanon 
We couldn't be happier with our experience. They answered all of our questions, put us in the best deal, and promptly delivered and installed a new washer and dryer. When you are in need of an appliance, I strongly encourage you to call Kellenberger Appliance. Visit Kellenbergers.com or stop by Kellenberger Appliance at 21 North Main Street in Lebanon. A big thank you from the Parkers to Kellenberger Appliance. Touchdown, Beavers! If you're ready to tackle your financial game plan, it's time to huddle up with the best and meet the coaching staff at Tax and Wealth Management. David Mendenhall, Bill Heck, and Robert Berry. With over 45 years of experience, they know the entire playbook when it comes to tax planning, retirement, and business strategies. So don't fumble. Call or stop by Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis or visit taxandwealthmanagement.com. Saturday on Compass Media Network's coverage of NCAA football. Big 12 foes collide from Norman as the 14th-ranked Oklahoma Sooners host the Iowa State Cyclones. Hi, it's Greg Daniels. Join Chad Brown and me for all the action as Dylan Gabriel and the Sooners look to remain unbeaten, but Rocco Becht and the Cyclones have an upset on their mind. It's the 14th-ranked Oklahoma Sooners hosting the Iowa State Cyclones. If it's NCAA football, it's right here. Pre-game coverage starts at 3.30 on 93.7 FM and 1240 Joe Radio. All right, let's get to the text line regarding defense. They did not sack Cam Ward on the last drive. Uh, They did not sack Cam Ward on the last drive. Just got winning field goal. They didn't play lights out, as Dave was saying. Mike, can you please ask Jonathan about the explanation on the Fuanga personal foul? Yes. What is the rule? Seems like an outrageous call. (laughs) (laughs) And yet you saw it and thought it was the right call. Of course it was. So he says outrageous. You say now the right call. Uh, Just can we not be so myopic? (laughs) He he hits him. The defender falls down. And he fell on him? And then he jumped on him. Okay. You okay. can't do that. It wasn't a pancake. Pancakes are when both bodies fall to the ground and the guy on offense just drilled them into the ground. It, now, I look, go ahead and argue with me. I don't know. Uh, that's what I saw. Uh, you want me to get that and stop that? or No. All right. Uh, any insight about the miscues on handoffs by DJ well, and the running Well, that's a good backs? question, too. That's that is a good Some good of the question. stretch plays, yeah. uh, the, and it, some of them were even inside zone stuff. The hard time of the mesh point. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. We'll ask about that. Uh, Dan writes in, hi, guys. The great stat line the Washington State quarterback had was that due to lack of pressure from the defensive line or secondary, maybe not playing tighter coverage. Combination of both probably, but in some respects. And go ahead, Doc, and grab that if you can. See what we've got going here on the Downward Dog phone line. John is multitasking. So whoever is calling us, John is now trying to pick up the line, and we may be able to get you in. We appreciate callers, texters, anybody. But with respect to pressure, no, the Beavers didn't get home. But there's a certain philosophical question at times. If receivers are so open and the ball comes out of Cam Ward's hands in that system so quickly, then maybe maybe it's almost foolhardy to dial up pressures. You keep feeling like we got to get home, we got to pressure them, we got to make them uncomfortable a la a year ago when they sacked Ward six times. I think there was a belief perhaps that that's got to be the approach again. We'll make him uncomfortable and get to him, uh, sack him, you know, all that kind of stuff, as we did here in our place last year. Yeah. But if that isn't working and you're not getting home and they're just kind of shredding you with all that underneath stuff, quick outs and you know, open zone hits over the middle against the zone when we'd go zone. Maybe, maybe you just play coverage more and 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 not worry so much about yeah, sending four or five, six guys mm-hmm. and and drop more. I don't know. I don't know enough about the game to know. 
Uh, we'll get to Garrett in a minute. What else you got on the on the University Honda text line? All right, let's see. You've got uh, he rolled over the guy. Yeah, okay. Okay, someone. Oh, orange one saying on the Roca factory. Let's see. One another one here. John, all the Colorado Sanders crapola is a great example of just how the national sports media is far more interested in creating a hollow but hyper-sensational and popular story than it is with reporting the really newsworthy. This must be in an answer to question why more, more of them weren't there. You've got the two remaining teams. Yeah, and... It's a uh, good text. Who uh, sent that? And I there like are that. The same genius, they are the same geniuses that are destroying college football yes. in order to transform it into the junior NFL. It's from John. Yeah, you're right. Thank you, John. Also, uh, with his stupid cowboy hat, sunglasses, and endless childish bravado... Sanders has become a caricature of himself. Too bad for him that he's too self-consumed to realize it. Hmm. I actually I don't know li- about that. Like part of it. Is that also he, from John? Yeah, yeah okay. that's just part of the whole that thing. That part of it, I'm a little... I, all the other stuff, I think, is spot on. That part of it may be his... his uh, well, and that you're, you're agreeing with me, but the most important part you disagree with? Well, yeah, maybe. I mean, I... Uh, I, I kind of, in my own, I kind of like Dion, and I admire what I do. he's done, and I think he does care about the young men that he has brought in in mass into his program, and I think they revere him, admire him, look up to him. I think he's he's been a good person and role model in his life. The bravado and all the shtick, I'm not a huge fan of, but I get how it would resonate yeah, yeah. with the people that he's working with and working for, in a sense. Now, there are others around him who will say things about him or or uh, or about others who criticize him but that's not necessarily yeah. him all right so glennie writes in i had heard it said that nobody wants bull is that what uh corso said nobody wants bull i thought that uh Kinzano wrote an article and he said he, he listened to it over and over again and there's a chance a really good chance that he said no nobody, nobody wants us bull right and meaning and, and dickert i do think dick i understand dave applauded dickert for dickert's over yeah I said it over for Dickert's reaction to Corso. How about Ryan Day and Jake Dickert kind of taking on these guys and Lee Corso? I don't know how old Lee is, but uh, we all know now that Lou Holtz is 86. He's 88. Lee's 88. So an 88-year-old comment by Lee got Jake Dickert fired up, and the comment by 86-year-old Lou Holtz had Ryan Day fired up. Oh, yeah. And and (laughs) I, I did not sense, I didn't sense or hear disrespect in what Lee I feel bad. I feel like they, they're propping him up for yeah, some of his segments. Yeah. I love Lee Corso. I've I know, always but, loved him, and I think he's been great for college football, but it's a little painful to hear and watch. And Jake even kind of went there a little bit. They give him stuff, you know, they give mm-hmm, him a card. Mm-hmm. And so Jake was touching on the dynamics of Lee Corso's presence on that show. I did not think that Lee meant the nobody's going to watch this bowl. I do think he meant yeah. the nobody wants us wants bowl, us bowl yeah. which I think hits and hits that's, the that's truth. True. That's true. So I so I'm with you on that. Anyway. All right, two questions I hope get answered by coaches today can't actually listen to the show until the podcast. Uh why did the Beavers look so unprepared to play at the start of the game, particularly on defense? It felt like the team just wasn't ready at kickoff. It might sound harsh, but that's how it looked. And why did the coaching staff make the decision not to pull Cooper at least temporarily after the personal foul he committed on the second Wazoo touchdown yeah. drive? Yeah, Coop didn't come out. He kept playing. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of wondered about that, too, to be honest with you. I don't know. We're going to hear more on those personal fouls. And if it if we find out, if we find out that a Cougar player, Josh Kelly, I think was a guy, expectorated, uh-huh. 
if we find out that that I hear a rumor, well, if if Jonathan confirms it or our players told us this or that, yeah, then maybe that's a reason. You, I know as John, I said, and Jim agreed. It doesn't matter what was said; you do not respond. What if someone it. spits on you? But I'm not sure. If I think I that's playing, a, that's a that's a difference maker. I consider myself someone with good self control. If I was playing and somebody I'd spit at you, I know. Guy. So these are. These are things that perhaps we need to get answers for. Yeah. I got you. What this, else? Anything? Yeah, there's a few we can okay, do tomorrow. Okay, let's get Garrett on the Downward Dog phone line who had the watch party and has another one coming. And Garrett in Kirkland. It was That's great right. to hear from you uh, last oh. week. Garrett, thanks for the call. Well, well, thank you, Mike and John. And, yes, the, the, the watch party Saturday turned out great. We've got the next one um, coming up. Friday at Lucky Strike Bowling in Bellevue. Okay. And um, but the real the real thing I want to talk to your, your point earlier. Um, you know why why are we blitzing and leaving the corners and the DBs on an island to have to tackle in space when we could be playing a too high safety man underneath or or cover mm-hmm. two zone and keeping everything in front mm-hmm. and not bringing pressure and just leaving the underneath stuff again all all of us being able to rally to the football. Right. So, yeah. you know, is, you know, did we have the answer on Saturday? No, but we're going to see it again later in the year. Yes. Um, with other teams. So, so what, what, what say you guys on how we should be defending against a spread attack and an area attack? Johnny, what do you think? I think you should go man to man on almost every play. There's too many guys that but were man, so wide man, open. Man to man with one high safety. Or, yeah, or yeah, or even a cover two. Uh, even a cover two, but more more man man to man, especially on the on the corners, and and you don't have to press, you don't have to come up and get beat at the line of scrimmage. You can have a pretty good cushion at the outset, but right. just be there. I mean, how many times? And and it was even admitted. Jonathan Smith said, "Well, we missed some we 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 missed some eyes or some eyes on things." He's referring to guys getting through on the zone and other guys not picking them up. And by the time, I mean, yeah. now you don't see that on the TV. All you see is the quarterback. He throws it and he throws it to a guy with nobody near him. And you just have to look right. at that and go, they're playing zone. Get out of that. Get a player on them. Mm-hmm. And, and it, makes, it makes you think back to you know, the, the, the DBs in 05 that were young and learned. Yes. By 06, 07, 08 were so good. You know, we're, we're replacing most of our secondary from last year. Right. Um, minus Katana Oladapo. We've got plenty of guys playing. Um, they played a little bit last year, but, but they're learning on the fly. And uh, and all of our goals are still in front of us, even being 0-1 in the league. Um, and this is going to come come up again later in the year. So, is, well, that, is that how you guys see? Yeah, it? With yeah. The and I look on there's there's plenty to learn and plenty. Uh, Garrett, from it. it does remind me a little bit of 05 in that <laughs> we were. I saw 63-27. It ain't 70. Mm-hmm. It's not a it's not mm-hmm. a not a not a 70 point game. I, I I yesterday I'm driving around going. I kept hearing national talk radio guys. Since all they talk about is the NFL, I kept hearing him say, "Well, not seventy, but so and so beats them." And, well, it wasn't seventy. And I'm thinking, why do they keep saying seventy? Because I hadn't heard or seen the score of uh, the, of the, the Bronco Dolphins game. And so finally, on a sports update, and Miami beats uh, Denver seventy to twenty. Oh, that's why they keep saying seventy. A seventy point NFL game. Well, that's unbelievable in its own right. We haven't talked about it, nor will we belabor it. But I saw the Beavers lose at Louisville. 63 to 27 with Keenan Lewis and Brandon Hughes and others who took their lumps, 
but got coached up by Coach Banker, Nigel Burton, and those guys played in the NFL and got better. I think we're going to take some lumps with Jaden and Jermod McCoy, but I think there's a lot of talent there, Garrett. So I think they're going to learn a lot from the tape about facing Penix and, and others as the season goes along. They'll be better prepared mm-hmm. to deal with it schematically and I think just technique-wise, too. Yep. And, and, and I know we're out of time for today, but I can tell you all about being at Husky Stadium Saturday night and seeing Penix throw it all over the yard. He's oh, pretty yeah. good. Yeah, um, he's pretty good. We'll, 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 we'll okay. talk about that another time. Okay. And, uh, yes, if you're an issue, you have to spread the word on a Seattle watch party, Lucky Strike Bowling in Bellevue this Friday. Have a great time, man. Thanks for the call, Garrett. I'm heading off to campus to hear from Jonathan. I'll try to, we'll, I think most of these questions will be asked, perhaps answered, and we'll see you tomorrow on the Joe Beaver Show. K-E-J-O Corvallis. And translator, K-229-D-I Corvallis. The home of the Beavers. 1240 Joe Radio.